Welcome to the Grace Life Podcast, hosted by Grace Life Church in Alabama. We're glad you've taken a moment to listen today. If you'd like to get in contact with us, our Facebook page and our website are linked in the show notes. We believe as you listen to the Word of God today that you will be blessed and that your life will be changed. Let's join the service already in progress in the sanctuary with Pastor West. I was thinking about this guy. You might have heard this story, and it's the story. And here's a guy that was getting something done, but it really wasn't by what you might call the most legal way of doing it. It wasn't by the, the methods that they think that you should do it. But there was this guy, and he was fishing. It says there was a fisherman that always had a, he always had good success fishing. And his friend, uh, the game warden, uh, couldn't figure out how he did it, how he was so successful. So one day, the game warden, his friend, decided to go fishing with his friend. The fisherman took his friend, the warden, out to his favorite spot. Once there, the fisherman took a stick of dynamite out of his backpack, lit it, threw it in the water, and the dynamite exploded. And dozens of fish floated to the top. The game warden said, what are you doing? He said, this is illegal. You, you can't do that this way. The fisherman goes, really? So then he lights another stick of dynamite and throws it in the water. The, dyna- the dynamite explodes and, and dozens more fish float to the top. The game warden is livid and says, stop it and stop it now. Take this boat back to the shore. I'm going to have you uh, give you a citation. I'm going to confiscate all your gear. You're going to be arrested. The fisherman, his friend, said, oh, really? He then lights another stick of dynamite, throws it in the game warden's lap. He says, what are you going to do, sit there or are you going to fish? <laughs> I mean, it's time to fish or cut bait, man. Which one are you going to do? <laughs> well, I didn't know how it worked out, but I think he fished. I mean, what do you all think? <laughs> Sometimes it won't all work out, and they don't all do it like you think they should do, but it's time to get results. Smith Wordsworth said it this way. He said, Paul tells us that we've been made able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. He said, it's one thing to read this, it's another to have the revelation of it and to see any spiritual force of it. He said, any man can live in the letter, and when he does, he'll become dry and wordy. See, just word. Limited knowledge of spiritual verities, and he'll spend his time everlasting splitting hairs, but as soon as he touches the realm of the spirit, all this dryness goes, all the spirit of criticism leaves. There can be no division in the life of the spirit. The spirit of God brings such pliability and such love. There's no love like the love of the spirit. It's a pure, holy, and a divine love that is shed in our hearts by the spirit. It loves to serve and to honor the Lord. And then he, um, he says some things about Moses. He said, uh, Moses had a tremendous trial with his people. They were, um, well, let me back up one paragraph. He said, I, I see everything. He said, I see everything as a failure except that which is done in the spirit. But if you live in the spirit, you'll move, act, eat, and drink, and you'll do everything in the glory of God. He said, my message is always this, be filled with the spirit. This is God's place for you. It is far above the natural life as the heavens are above the earth. Yield yourself for God to fill. Moses had a tremendous trial with the people. They were always in trouble. But he went up into the mountain, and God unfolded to him the Ten Commandments, and then the glory fell. He rejoiced to bring those two tablets of stone down from the mountain, and his very countenance shone with glory. He was bringing to Israel that which, if obeyed, would bring life. I think of my Lord coming from heaven. I think all heaven was moved by the sight. 
The law of the letter was brought by Moses and it was made glorious. But in all of its glory of Sinai, it pales before the glory of Pentecost. Those tablets of stone with their thou shall nots, thou shall nots are done away with. They said, well, this thing about grace, you know, it just started. It's been what it's worth. Huh? So he said, this thing of, uh, of the law of the letter in Mount Sinai, he said, these tablets of stone of, of their, all their thou shall nots are done away with, for they have never brought life to anyone. The letter of the law killeth, but it's the spirit that gives life. He said, his, his law in our minds and written in our hearts, this new law of the spirit of life, as the Holy Ghost comes in, he fills us with such love and liberty that we shout for joy for these words of the 11th verse, done away, done away is the law. Henceforth, there is a new cry in your heart. I delight to do thy will, O God. He that took away the first, to about the covenant, the ministration of death, written, it was engraved in stones, that he might establish the second, the ministration of righteousness in the life of the Spirit. You ask, does a man who is filled with the Spirit, far as you're concerned, and all that the, well, you ask, does the man who's filled with the Spirit cease to keep the commandments? I simply repeat what the Spirit of God has told us here, that the ministration of death, the Ten Commandments, written in graven stones, has been done away with. The man who becomes a living epistle, which means a letter, right, of Christ, written with the spirit of the living God, has ceased to be an adulterer, a murderer, or a covetous man. The will of God is his delight. He loves to do the will of God. There is no irksome to it. In other words, it's not hard to do. I love to do the will of God. It's not hard or burdensome. He said, to pray is no trouble. To read the word is no trouble. It's not a hard thing to go to a place of worship. With the psalmist, you say, I was glad. Well, I didn't know this was in here. I was glad when they said, it's, it's, they said to me, it is time to come into the house of the Lord. And um, he said, how does this new life work? This thing works out because God works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. There's a great difference between a pump and a spring. The law is the pump and the baptism is the spring. The old pump gets out gets out of order, the parts perish, and the well runs dry. See, the letter kills. But the spring is ever bubbling up, and there's a ceaseless flow direct from the throne room of God. There is life. So anyway, it's a good chapter. It's called Life and Spirit by Smith Wigglesworth. And so we can do things by the flesh, and we can do things of the spirit, and we are spirit beings. We can live with the flesh. You can live controlled by the spirit. You can live under the influence. Right? And you're going to have things come to you. I always like to say it this way. All these thoughts, you can't keep the thoughts from coming to you, but you do have a choice what you're going to do with those thoughts. And uh, one way of saying it is uh, to use a uh, Department of Defense strategy. Uh, what we need to create around us is we need to create a no-fly zone. You know, our government has and governments have, sovereign countries have no-fly zones to where, you know, Russia's been kind of seeing how we're going to do coming from Alaska over, and they'll get right there before that, and you know, we'll send a message saying, uh, we know this, that you know where you are, but if you forget, in a few minute, about two minutes, we're going to show you where you are. So when the enemy starts coming, he may come with those thoughts, but you, if you create a no-fly zone, he's not allowed to come into your space. And if they come into your space in natural, well, just in the natural, 
if it were Russia, have they been doing coming to our fly space? What do we do when people enter, enter our, our space? We shoot them down. But some people don't. So how many of y'all are there? Come, come hither, tither. <laughs> so, see, that's not, that's not life of the Spirit. So we have to. God won't do it. He can't make you do it. You'll have to create that no-fly zone. It's called life of the Spirit. And then that is life everlasting. It's peace, joy, happiness, strength, everything that you ever wanted. God wants more for you than you've ever wanted for you. Amen. God wants more for you. More increase, more prosperity, more of his peace, more of his joy, more of his comfort than anything else. And so life in the spirit is a happy life. Even when you're going through the tests and trials of life, it's still a happy place. Hmm? Jesus said, I've overcome the world. He says, so be of good cheer. Right? So it's already been dealt with. And all these problems that you have right now, I promise you, if you're holding on to the promise of God, once again, they have an expiration date. They'll have to be pulled off the shelf. And you'll look back and you'll say, you remember when so-and-so? And it'll fade from your memory. Will this ever be over? Will this ever go back to normal? Uh, I can't remember when it was normal. I promise you all these things will fade away. And the promise of the word of God will be the absolute truth in life. My mother understood some things about prayer. She gave her whole life to it. And I told her just days ahead, I said, you have finished your assignment. I know it and you know it. And I said, and you've prayed things about the ministry and about our lives and family. And I said, and, and now when you pray it out, we can, we can walk it out. If you don't pray it out, you get to work it out. <laughs> so we'll pray it out in the spirit and we'll enjoy the fruits of the labor. Amen. Come on, gentlemen, if you will, and receive the offering. And Pastor Matt, if you'll come and... We're going to turn the service over to him. I don't know if he'll be singing or anything. I don't know what he'll be doing, but. I got this. Ball? Yeah. Ball. Well, glory to God. How many know God's good all the time? And all the time, God is good. So it doesn't matter what the circumstances on the outside look like. Amen. When we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, then we have something to shout about, smile about, dance about all the time. Amen. Well, glory to God. I've got a few things I want to share with you today about our Peru trip. Uh, it was a mission trip, and, but what I like to classify with that is, you know, every day that you wake up and you breathe a breath and the life of God lives on the inside of you, you step foot out of that bed, how many of you know you just stepped on the mission field? Amen. So, <laughs> so don't look at the pictures that you're going to see. In this. I've got a few videos, a few pictures I'm going to show, and I've got the, some word I want to share with you that's going along with that. But uh, don't look at this as a trip of something that somebody else does. What I want to do today, if I can, like I use the example all the time. And I know Pastor uh, used it, I think, last week, the week before. I, I had to catch up on iTunes on the, on the services while I was going. If you hadn't used that tool, that feature yet, you need to go on iTunes, subscribe to uh, Grace Life Church podcast. And anytime you're anywhere, you got an iPhone, you can plug in and get the word. Amen. Get fed. Yeah. So I got back and got caught up on that. And he used this example. I use it all the time. But you know, you can, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a horse drink the water, right? But you can take some salt. What I like to say, you take salt and throw it in the oats, and his oats make him thirsty. That's right. Amen. And, uh, you know, so we can't, you know, when we're dealing with people, working with people, we can't force a person to do anything, but we can make them aware of who they are, right? And Miss Michelle did an awesome job Wednesday night on teaching on who we are and identification and, and, and being Christ of the earth. If you haven't got that, again, is it on the podcast? You can go on the podcast 
Grace Life Church and listen to that. But you know, you, you can't force anybody to do anything, but what you can do is you can tell them who they are. Amen. And you know, when a person begins to believe who they are in Christ and what they can do, then what that does, if they're alive, it begins to, to cause an excitement on the inside of them. They, instead of believing that they're a nobody, that they can't do anything, that they're a failure, maybe what they've been told all their life, uh, you know, it begins to change something on the inside of them. And then they begin to renew this mind to what's done down in here. And they begin to see, hey, I'm somebody. Right. Do you know God? Now, I want you to listen to this one statement. This shows how, value, how valuable you are to God. God has entrusted his entire mission upon this earth to you and I. Right. His plan that he's carrying out in the earth today, he's entrusted that to you and I. We're the body of Christ. Right. Do you hear me today? Now, you've heard those words, but I want you to understand that's not just words that I'm speaking. It's the truth of the word of God that you are the body of Christ. You're his hands, you're his feet, you're his mouthpiece, you're his arms. When you touch, he touches. When you hug, he hugs. When you give words of encouragement, guess what? It's him. It's his lips. You change. I'm getting ahead of myself, but you change people's destinies when you come in contact with people. Why? Because the person that created their destiny lives on inside of you. Amen. So I'm going to lead you to, the, to, to water today and I'm going to put a little salt in your oats and try to get you thirsty. And I'm going to stir you up on, on some things about reaching people in a, in a lost and hurting world. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're going to look at some. Uh, he's got Machu Picchu up there. But uh, we're going to look at some pictures and videos here in, in just a moment on that. And I want to tell you, how many of you know you were a part of the trip? Amen. And I shared this with you before I went that the man that stays with the supplies, guards the supplies, gets the same reward as the man that goes down to the battle. So you didn't go eat alpaca meat. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You didn't have to eat a guinea pig on a stick. Amen. And even this time I was eating a potato one day in the village. You know, some people like to complain about the food. Even this week I saw some people. I was out of town. I saw some people complaining about the food. And I'm over there eating my breakfast at the Hampton Inn. Man, I'm just enjoying it. Got me some oatmeal and some French toast. And I'm having a good time. I look over these people. Wow, this is turkey sausage, you know. And I'm like, uh, well, I ate a potato last week with some alpaca cheese for breakfast. Kind of tastes like blue cheese. I'm sure you're excited about that. And, uh, and then I had this potato, and I was chewing down on this potato. I noticed in the middle it was kind of hard. So I looked down at it, and I took the potato and broke it open. And when I broke the potato open, something was moving. There's a little extra protein in there. And there was a worm about that long that came up out of the middle of that potato. And uh, needless to say, I didn't eat the rest of it. I kind of got rid of it. Amen. But there was some extra protein there in that potato. Well, see, you, you may say, well, I, I, I don't know about that. I'm not called to that. But you are called. Amen. Every, each and every one in this room here today is called. Amen. And uh, there's a mission field. Sometimes it's in your own home. Sometimes it's a neighbor beside you. Sometimes it's a co-worker at work that needs what you have on inside of you. But see, what we've got to do first, we've got to get rid of condemnation. That's what Miss Michelle talked about Wednesday night. We've got to begin to believe and understand and have a working knowledge of who we are in Christ. We've heard that, but we've got to not just hear it, but we've got to act on it and believe it. You know, if you don't mix faith with the word, it does no good. But if you mix faith with what you hear, then you get results. So we've got to begin to believe who we are in Christ. Then what we've got to do is get rid of that, that, that religious pride. People say, well, you know, God could never use me to do that. You know, they think they're being religious or holy. But how do you know that's just the devil? That's just the devil. People say, well, God couldn't use me to do that or God never used me. You don't know where I've done, where I've been. Well, when you become brand new in Christ Jesus, guess what? That's what you are, brand new. A creation that never lived, that existed before. Amen. So you got a clean slate. So that means that the creator of the universe is entrusting you to take the goodness of God to someone else. He's entrusting you to change their destiny. He's entrusting you to take healing to them. He's entrusting you to manifest the peace of God in their midst. He's entrusting you to tell them that they can live a life full of joy and they can come out of a, a place of bondage and addiction. Yes. Amen. 
You know, we say God can do anything, but that's not really true. In and of himself, he can, but he's sovereign to his word. And his word says that we're his body in the earth. Glory to God. And then in Mark, he said to go what? Go into all the world right here. Go ye. He didn't say stay. He said go ye and preach the gospel. And the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. The gospel is the power of God to set people free. The gospel is the power of God to take a person that's living in total darkness and bring him into the kingdom of life. Amen. So that's what we're entrusted with. So I'm going to salt up your oats, try to get you hungry today. We're going to share some things, let you know that you were a part of. Amen. Real quick before we do that, I, 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 um, I know we're having a memorial service for Miss West. And uh, I just want to say from, from my heart, from my experience, what a difference she's made in my life and, and a, such a blessing. I was born again at the age of 15 and she was such a, a foundation in my life. Just um, when I would need answers, I, I'd go to Miss West. I, we call her Granny West. I'd go to Granny West and say, Granny, what about this and what about that? And, and she would pray for me. She prayed for me as a young man up through things that I know for a fact she was praying for me. Amen. When I was struggling with things and dealing with things and, and, and learning the things of God. And I'll never forget. <laughs> I was thinking about this line. I'll, I'll never forget this time we were in church service. And uh, I was, like I said, I, I was probably one or two years old in the Lord, maybe six, 15, 16 years old. We were in a service and the, the church we're at and at that particular time, the minister was up preaching. And all of a sudden, during the middle of his, of his sermon, his face got real red. And, and, and he, man, he was preaching like, you know, a house of fire. And he was going and blowing. And he was like, and, and, the, and the word of God says, Hoo! and he just stopped. And he looked and I thought, what in the world is happening? And he was stopped for a minute. And then he said, now over here in such and such, it says, Hoo! and I thought, my goodness. Well, says a young Christian, I was, I was already helping usher and involved in the helps ministry. And I knew a little bit about authority, not much, just a little. But well, I started binding the devil. I said, devil, you crazy devil. You get off of my pastor in the name of Jesus. You, you know, and I, th I thought it was attacking the enemy. I don't know what was going on. Well, he did that four or five times. And finally, it got okay. So I thought my prayer worked. And I thought I was, my faith was working. You know, he was okay. He went back to his message, started preaching. Well, after the service, I went to, to Granny West. I walked up to her and I said, Granny. I sat down beside her. I said, Granny, uh, did you see what the devil was trying to do during our service? I said, I can't believe that he would come in the middle of the service when the word's going forth and try to stop the word from going forth. She put her arm around me. She said, baby. She said, that, that wasn't the devil. She said, that was his teeth trying to jump out. <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said, and she tried to explain to him. That was, that was his dentures, you know. She said, she said they, were, they were trying to jump out and he was stopping them, you know, so, you know, amen. Hallelujah. So I thought I was... Uh, man of faith and power, you know, at 15, 16 years old, and I, my authority, amen. and I was binding the devil, and it was going to stop something, but uh, amen. So she, she gave me some wisdom there and explained the situation. Glory to God. Mark chapter 16, you can turn there if you like, or you can listen. I've already quoted it to you. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, there's a greater cloud, great cloud of witnesses that's uh, at the throne room or they're, they're at the, the banister of heaven today and they're looking over. She's there today. She's cheering us on. It says there also in that chapter to run your race with patience. Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you. Run your race with patience, with a joy. Glory to God. And she's cheering us on this morning. So even what I'm saying, I know that the, what I'm sharing today is part of her heart and she's cheering us on to do what? To fulfill our purpose. Yeah. She ran her course. She finished her race. Glory to God. And she desires us to continue to do the same thing. Amen. Amen. To run it with joy. Reach as many people, take as many people with us as we can. Glory to God. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. 
said, he said of them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe that in my name, everybody say in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. The Amplified Version, verse 15 says, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news of the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. See, that word preach there means to share, to publish. You know, it could be to share your testimony. It's to share the goodness of God. It's to publish openly and make known the goodness of God. It's to to let people know that he came to redeem. He came to set free. You know, the, the, the ministry of reconciliation that we've been given means this fact. To reconcile means to bring back into balance. We know that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that he's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what does that mean? That means to bring people back into balance. Something, you know, you, you, you balance a checkbook. Or you're in accounting and you take, uh, uh, you know, a profit and loss statement and you, and you balance it out to see where you stand, where your balances are. But you know what? We can take people to Jesus and what do you check their balance against? You check their balance against what Jesus has already done. Amen. Glory to God. You reconcile them to the finished work of Christ. Wow. You see that? You compare their losses. You compare their failures and mistakes. You compare it over here to what Jesus has already done. And guess what? They're, they're in, the, in, the, in the profit. Glory to God. See, he's already paid the debt. Yes. Glory to God. But people need to know that. See, people don't know that. They need to know. And we're the ones that have been given that ministry to take it forward and to let people know. Um, real quick, I just want to say thank you to everyone that gave. And, and because you did give, I'm, I want to tell you, and you're going to see in the pictures, that destinies were changed in Peru because you gave. Amen. And I can, you know, there's many testimonies in here in this room today. You could testify that your entire family. How many of you can testify that because of what God has done, everybody here could say this. Not many, everybody that your, your whole family was changed because of the goodness of God, because of the saving power of Jesus. Coming to be your Lord and Savior, it changed everything. It changed everything. I want to tell you that, that my entire, <laughs> I wouldn't even be here today. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be alive today. Amen. I would not be standing here speaking to you today if it hadn't been for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because somebody was bold enough and willing enough to share the good news with me, and because my sister wouldn't leave me alone and kept calling me and just would not leave me alone. I said, no, I'm going fishing. Me and my girlfriend are going fishing today and uh, I got other things to do. Leave me alone, you know. But she loved me and she wouldn't stop. And she kept calling and she kept sharing the goodness of God with me and I saw changes in her life and how God moved on their behalf. Amen. Amen. And blessed them and prospered them and how they had joy and peace that I didn't understand. And I said, man, there's something up with that. I got to go check this out. Amen. 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 And then I began to change and see that Man, there's something to this. Amen. Amen. And I jumped in. I burned every Man, I had CDs. Well, we didn't have CDs back then. <laughs> we had tapes. Thank God I was out of the 8-track. I wasn't in the 8-track bunch. But I had, I had tapes. Now, I did listen to some of her 8-tracks. I won't tell you which, what groups they were, but she had some 8-tracks. But I, got, I was in the cassette deal, and I had stacks of them. And they wasn't singing about Jesus either. I'll just tell you. <laughs> I was into some ACDC and some heavy metal, and I had my rap over and I don't know how you mix that, heavy metal and rap. But uh, I had, now they're trying to mix country and rap, and that's, I don't know how you do that, but anyway. So, but, but I just, I mean, I completely, I said, man, this, this is so good that there's no other way to live. And see, that's the truth. Our fulfillment, everything that we are is found in Jesus. Amen. So I burned all of them. Man, I took them out, burned every one of them, got rid of them. I, I probably didn't even listen to uh, secular music. I don't know how many years. Well, I don't even listen to it now. 
But I know for 10, 15 years, somebody said, man, did you hear about that song? It's on the top of the charts. I'm like, what? I don't know what, what top of what chart? And top of my chart, you know. But see, I mean, I just made a change. Amen. I was made new. The scripture says that, that you made a new species of being. The old man that was is completely annihilated. Brother Hagin says annihilated. That means you've been destroyed. You can't be put back together. You don't even exist anymore. And now you've been made a brand new man. But what you have to do is you have to choose to identify with that brand new man. And when you choose to identify with that brand new man, then what it does is it affects every part of your life. It changes the way you look about you, how you feel about your job. It changes how you feel about your spouse. It changes how you see other people. When you see a person on the street, instead of looking at them and saying, oh, they're just a no good, whatever, they deserve what they have. You see what I'm saying today? They deserve what they have because of what they've done. Then guess what? We deserve to get what we have because of what we've done. But Jesus came and he said that while we were dead in sins, he became sin so that we could be made righteous. Amen. 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 Glory to God. But it starts... I believe brother, uh, I mean, uh, brother Levi mentioned something a few weeks ago about this, about revival. Revival starts when we get things fixed. We have to get, you see, you see? and when we begin to see who we are and get that fixed on the side of us, and that affects everything. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It affects everything, changes everything. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I got a little excited there. Amen. You get excited about the word. How many are excited about God's word? Amen. Glory to God. Well, let me tell you just a few things that happened. We're going to watch some of the uh, the videos last year, um, real quick, real briefly, last year we were able to give, give power to a school that never had power before. Amen. For the first time ever, they had electricity in their school building. And what happened was, as children, they, they had to quit school at elementary because they had no more power. So what they would do is they'd walk to another village. And while they walked to another village, a lot of times the young women would get raped and kidnapped. So what would happen, a lot of times they'd just drop out of school and they wouldn't finish past elementary. But because of your giving, because of different people that partnered with us, we were able to put power through solar panels into that school for the first time ever. This trip, we were able to uh, connect with some people and we're going to uh, provide fish food for a, a lake that's providing fish for the entire village to feed that village. Amen. And y'all are a part of that. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, we went to eight villages. Uh, we gave out 1,900 blankets. Now, you know, when you hear these things, you think, well, I can go down to Walmart and purchase a blanket. <laughs> but what, you're going to see in these pictures. Now, some places we go, they've got more things than others. Some places we go out, it's more rural than others. But so you may think, well, these people don't look like they need a whole lot of help. Well, there's places we go where they don't have shoes and you'll see it here. You'll see a picture of it. They didn't have shoes in 40 degree weather with rain outside and they're walking through the mud. So we gave out 1,900 blankets. We gave out 1,000 winter hats. This hat, you'll see the hats on them, 1,000 winter gloves, 300 pairs of shoes, 300 socks. And man, you're, you're going to see some of these kids when they get these shoes and socks, they just, uh, you, think, you think you were excited at Christmas when you was a kid? This is over a pair of shoes and socks. I mean, these kids are ripping the packages open fast as they can get them on. Some of the little kids, bless their heart, the socks coming up like, you know, boots on. They come way up to here. We try to get the sizes on the, the shoes. Actually, the guy goes out named Moses. That's his name, Moses. He goes before us and he gets all the names of the children and the shoe size in the village that we're going before we even get there. And uh, so we have those by size, but some of the socks sometimes get mixed up. We've got 300 uh, sunscreen, uh, bottles of sunscreen for the faces. You'll see why. And then we gave out 288 bouncy balls that light up some toys for, for kids. And they just, man, they just, they, they love it. I mean, it's like a, a million bucks to them when they get these bouncy balls in their hands and see they actually have a toy. Pastor mentioned this. Uh, I was listening to one of the, again, the podcast about, you know, some of them have marbles, maybe. 
Uh, and then I saw a kid that had a little bicycle wheel and a, and a frame with no tire on it. He was rolling the, the frame back and forth. And that's what they had to play with. Amen. But you were a part of that. Now, on the spiritual side, we had over 500 salvations. Um, estimated some of it was probably greater than that because what happened is when they know we're coming, uh, we work with churches also. And there's people from, I mean, miles and miles around that come uh, when they know that we're coming. And one night we slept in the school building on a wood floor in a sleeping bag, hard wood floor. I thought I was being attacked by a rat in the middle of the night. And it was just a guy <laughs> sleeping beside me. It was his feet scrubbing together like a cricket. Does any, any of y'all scrub your feet at night? Scott does. Amen. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard something. There's 18 people in the schoolroom on a wood floor, you know, in the middle of the mountains of Peru, about 14,000 feet elevation. And uh, I'm laying there and I wake up and hear something. <laughs> I thought, man, if there's a rat in this room, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill it with something. <laughs> I got a 14 shoe. I'm going to take it off and beat the fool out of it. I may wake somebody up, but I don't care. They just have to wake up. But I couldn't find my, I had my phone for a flashlight, but I couldn't find my flashlight. So I, I sat there for probably 15 minutes. I'm worn out. I'm, thinking, I'm just going to go back to sleep. He can chew my ear, whatever. I'm going to go to sleep. I don't care. He just, you know, I don't taste good. And I'm going to go to sleep. Well, about as soon as I lay my head back down, it sounded like it was getting closer. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't go to sleep. I just jumped up. I started looking around. I finally found my phone, turned it on. It got quiet again. I looked over there, and it was the dude beside me, and his feet was in the sleeping bag going, <laughs> you know, in the sleeping bag beside me. I told him the next day about it. I was like, man, I started to hit you with something. Amen. So I don't know what that had to do with anything, but amen. So the spiritual side of it, oh, I, I know what it was, is they came, we slept in the school building, and that night when we went to sleep, there was a church service going on right next door to us. Now, most of the time, we're invited to come, but I'm telling you, we had traveled for about eight hours to get to where we were going by truck. And uh, bouncy, and I mean it's you know, it's not for everybody. We got there, and uh, so anyway, we're we're tired. We're going to sleep. We had services all day. People blankets giving out, everything blessed. We're going to bed. Well, they having a church service beside us. Kids are singing, praising the Lord all night long. We go to sleep, listen to them sing. And uh, but what happened the next day? The pastor gave a testimony. He said, "I want y'all to know that because y'all came, he said people came from all regions around, and he said we had tremendous salvations last night in the service because y'all, they knew y'all were coming." Amen. And bring it. And the, and, the, and the teacher in one of the schools, he said, uh, he said, we've heard about America before that, that people in America love Jesus, that love God. He said, but now we know because we've seen what y'all have done and come. He said, y'all are the first per- people to come and to bring gifts and things like this and bless the children and things the way you have in this area. Amen. So, see, it makes a difference. And you say, well, that's on the mission field. But I'm telling you, there's somebody in your neighborhood today that nobody's been to their door to knock on that door and say, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? There's nobody been to that door that knew that they were hungry and said, here's a sack full of groceries because I just want to show you the goodness of God. While I'm here, is there anything I can pray with you about? Do you hear me today? Amen. It works the same way here. It works the same way here. And I'm going to take another statement from Miss Michelle because it was so good about being, the word being means when, you're, when, you, when you become something or you're being something, what that does is that manifests. It brings it into existence. So when you're being the love of Jesus to somebody, then guess what? You're bringing to existence the love of God in that situation. Amen. When you're being provision, guess what? You're manifesting provision to a person that needs help. And that is, so you think, well, God help them. Well, that, that's how God helps them. <laughs> because you are the body of Christ in the earth. So how does God move? He moves through us. How does God touch? He touches through us. Amen. You say, well, that's, that's Peru. No, I'm talking about Alabama. Jemison, Alabama. Shelby, Columbiana, Thorsby, Clanton, wherever you're from, wherever you live today. That's how God touches and how he moves as he moves through his body. Amen. 
So we had over 500 salvations, many healings. There was a woman with pain in her chest, said she'd been hurting her chest for over a year. And right in, the, in, in one time when we were praying for the sick, the pain left. She gave a testimony about it. There was tooth pain. This man had a tremendous tooth, toothache, just would not leave. And uh, he said immediately his tooth pain left. Amen. A uh, man with uh, pain in his heart said he had some heart issues, didn't really know what it was. He was healed. Another man had screws in his leg, couldn't even bend his leg, came up and had, he said he, had, uh, he was in construction. I don't know what it was, dropped something on it. And it had, I don't know how many screws all through his leg. Well, he, he lifted up his leg, bent his knee, and moved his leg like this and was healed. Amen. 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 Tremendous healings. There was a little boy that, uh, this, is, this is one that touched my heart more than anything the whole trip. We were, we were uh, prayed uh, to get people saved. That kind of thing, and we always do a prayer for healing at the end, and we were praying, and we pray in English, we tell them not to interpret, because we just speak the power of God, speak, speak to the sickness. We don't ask it to go, we don't beg it to go, we don't pray a big religious, you know, and remind God of who he is, we just use the authority and speak to the sickness. And uh, so we did that, and that's some of these healings that you're hearing about took place in that, in that room, but there was a little boy there. And uh, at the end, and he was talking to the teacher, saying something, I mean, and, and these kids are malnourished, and, and he was probably this tall, but he was probably about seven. But they don't get the vitamins and the, and the nourishment like they need, and they don't grow very fast. And he made a request. He said, can I please have prayer for my mother? She's back home, couldn't come today because she's sick. Can you please have him pray for my mother? So I got down on my hands and knees. They told me through the interpreter what he was asking. And I want to tell you, I laid hands on that little boy. And the power of God <laughs> was so present to heal. And, uh, and he didn't know what I was saying when I prayed, but I prayed. I laid my hands on him. And when I got through, he understood this. He understood amen, which means so be it. And when I said amen, the little boy said amen, amen, just like that. And you talking about, I mean, I know <laughs> we're not moved by feelings, but, but uh, it, it touched my heart. And because uh, he, he was standing there for his mother to be healed. Amen. amen. So they said they knew that people from America love God now because they'd seen it happen. Glory to God. Now let's uh, look at some videos real quick. We've got time left to do that. Is, there, is this okay, Pastor? We've got time left to do that. Uh, we're going to look at... Uh, couple of videos. And to give you an idea, the first couple I think are on the, on the uh, van ride. And we go through some areas that are... Uh, now, now this is a uh, herd of sheep right here. Now what I want you to notice about this is when I'm going to stick my phone out the window that I'm sitting in. And I want you to look how high we are. And I actually thought these sheep were going to jump off the cliff. Look right here. That's, uh, that's my hand sticking out the window with my iPhone with a camera on it. So that's, that's, not, a, that's not flat ground, that's a, that's a flat side of a mountain. <laughs> so the down there at the bottom, the brown part, that's flat ground. So uh, there's no guardrail, that's my hand. No guardrail. That's how close we were. This is a village. Uh, a lot of rain this year, more than normal. And uh, we had to go out through a lot of mud and places. We got stuck several times. But we got to where we were going. These uh, pastor here in front of us uh, goes with us. And we actually had a mayor from uh, the city actually use two vehicles from the city uh, to load the blankets and everything. He went out with us on one trip and even helped give out the gloves and the blankets to the children. Hola. Hola. These are some kids that greeted us with, with uh, signs. There's a little bouncy balls. Imanso Dicky. Ask him what his name was. Look, Roy. Roy Amilcar. So, Mateo. I told him my name Mateo. Mateo. Mm -hmm. ¿Cuántos años? Cinco. Cinco? 
Five years old. Four, two, three, four, two. Come in. Four plus one. Hola. Hola. This is Evangelist C doing the first uh, gospel presentation. So we have an interpreter in the aqua color shirt from English to Spanish, and they go from Spanish to Quechua because the people, people speak Quechua. Right, this is the videos I want you to see how happy they are to get these shoes and these socks. That's the hat. They got the hats on that we gave them, and uh, they have gloves. And now they're getting their socks out and their shoes. See that little, that's a little kid there. He pulls his sock up, and he's got him a knee high. <laughs> Most of these children, they have open-toe shoes. If they have shoes, they have open-toe shoes that are made out of old tires. They take radial tires and they cut them in strips. They take a, a, like the shape of a foot and they cut the bottom out and make the sole of the shoe and then they take strips of radial tires and make the straps and everything to put on the sandals. So, I mean, and they wear those year round. So, I mean, it gets down, it can up in the mountains where we go someplace and get up to 20, 30, 40. I think uh, Pastor C said one year he went, it was like 40. They had told him they got down to 40 previously before, year before he got there. And, uh, and I mean, that's, that's all they have. You can go, I don't know if you can go to the next one. You gotta let the video play through. It's just a few more seconds on that. All right, this is, a, this is a lady right here on the right. She's going into the school building where we ministered. Uh, it was raining too much outside. She went in the school building and she walked all the way across the yard with the rain, mud, 40, it was in the 40s, low 40s, and she has no shoes on. So I don't think she was doing that as, you know, as choice. I don't think she was hot, just, you know, some people don't wear shoes because they're hot. I don't think she was doing that by, by choice. She just didn't have any shoes. You can go ahead and. We had to make shifts. We had to bring the kids, because it rained outside, so we had to bring the kids in, minister to them. Kids get out, bring the adults in, minister to them. And uh, this is inside one of the school buildings here that we, uh, actually where the young man I told you about that I prayed for, he was in this room. And I think the little girl is on this video that I wanted you to see. That just touched my heart. She, uh, I think it's right in here. I think she'll come in. There she is. She's in the middle there in the, like a lime-colored, yellow-colored skirt with a white top, the little bitty girl. She has no shoes on. And she walked same distance from the other building across the yard through the mud coming over. She had no shoes. But we're making sure. We, we were out of shoes at this village. We'd already given them out. But we're making sure that the funds are going and these, the lady and this young girl is going to have shoes. And, uh, and they'll know that Jesus loves them. They found out here because they got a lot of other things, but you can notice her. You can go ahead. There's a little boy in the same school room, got his little bouncy ball. So they plotted a way to kill him. 
And there's some kids, it's gonna change here in just a second. There's some little, two or three little other kids there playing with their bouncy balls. <laughs> just being kids. <laughs> there she is. That's where she came in out of the mud. And she walked in with no shoes. I guess it's a mother or teaching one. This is her with a little bouncy ball. Such a sweet little face. <laughs> Sometimes they're real timid and shy because, you know, one, they never really seen anybody else from a different nationality. But they wonder why you're here, you know, what are you doing, why'd you come? <laughs> yeah. All right, this is, uh, we had a clown this year. This is a young girl. She was, I want to say she was 17, and uh, she went with us. Kids loved her. They helped them put the shoes on. Go ahead. Can you skip or you gotta let it, it's gonna play through. All right. This is just uh, some more pictures of us out. And out. this is the way we usually do it is outdoors. Um, this is after we've ministered and they're starting to get their supplies. There's all the van up here you see, the blankets on top. Uh, and then the blue part is more blankets and supplies for other villages, you can let it play. <laughs> That's probably supper the next night, no I'm just kidding. He's happy and got his shoes and hat. These men here are probably the teachers because the rest of the men um, are always working. They're out in the, in the mountains and tending the livestock and the crops. He's got his shoes and all the shoes come pre-packed in a bag. And the shoes actually, I know they cost a lot. They're in a neighborhood, I think, of 12 to $14, but they're like a mountain boot type shoe. They're not a, you know, like a, nothing against Dollar General, but it's not a Dollar General brand tennis shoe. I mean, it's a mountain boot, nice, heavy built shoe that's gonna last them a while. Amen. Go ahead. <clears throat> She's got hers all bundled up in her, in her hat. <laughs> He's got his little boots on. As a teenager, it's a group of the ladies usually sit down. Uh, it's, it's weird how they do it when we present the gospel. The ladies, they'll sit out in a certain area, the kids will be in a certain area, then the men usually sit along the building. I think they were staying out of the rain. <laughs> but uh, actually, I do, but the men sit along the building. And you see these are mostly ladies here on the ground. You can go ahead. This is uh, us eating a meal in the village. You can see the alpaca soup there. I think it was a, a, what's what I call a cankle. It's no, you don't really know where the ankle and the leg meet. It's kind of like a cankle. I think that's what that was, was a cankle, an alpaca cankle. Yeah. And, it, you know, you really don't. <laughs> you kind of just have to pull and get what you can and uh, believe God till you get back to this place. This is a restaurant. They had some good rotisserie chicken. And I ate about two plates of it. 
That's another little uh, village we went. See her face? Uh, just extreme weather conditions. The altitude and the, the change from cold to heat, the wind. And uh, this is more of a traditional village. You'll see the, the blanket type things that, that they have on. Um, it's more traditional. This was further, a little further out. She's got a blanket, a bouncy ball. That's a tra traditional hat there they made. See the lamb she's got. And that's the little girl on the right with no shoes on the bottom. The blanket's big as she is. <laughs> Some happy, happy guys here. So they sleep in church down there. That's like they do here. Amen. <laughs> All right, this hold up this minute right here. This is a. He actually took a mark and wrote his name on the rock. This is a piece of. You can't really see the property. This is a piece of property that uh, we're believing God that comes in our possession. We believe we already have it. Actually, I know he's. Um, Checked on it for a couple of years. It's there. Nobody's done anything with it. But it's about a half acre of land. And they want about 200000 I believe, what it is. This, this actual city that we're stationed out of is actually a tourist city. They come here to Cusco, and then they go from Cusco to Machu Picchu. So you got people coming here that stay in you know, nicer hotels and that kind of thing. That's the reason the real estate's so high. But this piece of property is ideal to build a warehouse so that we can house the blankets, the hats, the gloves, the shoes, other things like that that they need and be able to send teams year-round. You know, yeah. certain times of cold, cold, cold season, we wouldn't be going. But uh, other times, you could send more than just one team a year. You know, see, God wants to do more and reach more. And uh, so we walked the property, claimed the property, prayed over it. And uh, there's a rock there in the front. And we laid hands on the rock and prayed there with Evangelist C. Go ahead. Some of the beautiful scenery, that's snow capped mountain in the back. <laughs> that's Bo and that's the end <laughs> we're going to the salt mines there on that one and, uh, did you I guess two little videos with uh, Evangelist C dancing with the children that didn't come through did, did, you, did you see it on anywhere okay that's fine you get the lights someone cut the lights back on for us we're done with that part. Amen. So I, I wanted to share that with you so you can see that that's what you had a part of. Amen. Amen. And you see, I know it, a video will never do justice to what it's like really being there and really uh, touching the people, praying for the people. But what I, well, like I said in the beginning, what I want to do is I wanted to put some salt in your oats and, and, and help you realize who you are, what you've been called to do, and, and that that's our, not just an option, that's what God is, is actually a command. He didn't, he didn't suggest you go, He gave us a command. Amen. Um, and I, if you got your Bibles with you, and I know we've already looked at one scripture, why don't you turn here? We got just a couple more to share today before we finish. Um, I want you to go to Second uh, Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. You know, a lot of people are always waiting to, till things get just right. You ever heard anybody uh, a couple, and they're talking about having children? They said, you know, one day. 
when everything's just right, <laughs> we'll have children. And Second uh, Timothy chapter one is that what I told you? Uh, let's see. That helped I got over there. I'm in First Timothy. Second Timothy chapter one. But you know, people say that when it comes to having kids or doing a lot of things, they say we're just waiting until the time is right. Especially when it comes with kids, they said, you know, we're waiting until we get this particular job or get this particular home or move to this particular area so they can get to that school. And, but you know, how many know that a lot of times it's just not ever a perfect time, just not a right time where somebody's waiting for something just to be just right? You know, when God gives us a command, uh, it's a command, it's not a suggestion, and it's not, it's not up to us to say, well, we're going to wait until a particular time till we're going to obey God. Amen. It's a command. Now, when it, within the context of me saying that, that's what I want you to realize is the day that you wake up, the moment that you wake up, and when you get up in the morning, you set foot outside of your home, you go to work or wherever you go, you go to the post office, to the grocery store, wherever you go to school, whatever you're doing that day, that is a mission field. Right. Amen. So we don't have to wait till the time is right or, you know, till we hear a call or anything else or till we, you know, I've heard some people say, well, I hadn't been to Bible school or I hadn't been to, you know, a certain place to get licensed or ordained or whatever. You know, God says you're called with a holy calling. You've already been ordained. You've already been approved. You've, <laughs> in fact, he said that, I, that I've, I've made you meet and qualified able to be partakers of the divine nature. Yes. So you've got, the, you've got the divine nature of God living on the side of you. So who else needs to qualify you? Let me ask you that. Who else needs to call you? No one. The master has. The master's qualified you. The master's called you. Amen? Amen. He's given you a commission. Now, in 2 Timothy right here, look at verse, uh, 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. It says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Now that, that in itself right there is worth coming for. He didn't call us according to our own works, but he called us according to his purpose and his grace, which was given in us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now I want to tell you something. You were called, you were given a purpose and a grace and a commission before the world even began. <laughs> Amen. So he qualified you. He ordained you. <laughs> he gave you a plan. Amen. A commission before the world began. What? In Christ Jesus. The Amplified says, for it is he who delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself, holy and leading to holiness to live a life consecrated, a vocation of holiness. He did it not because of anything of merit that we've done, but because of and to, to further his own purpose and grace, unmerited favor, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So he saved us and called us according to his purpose and grace in Christ Jesus before the world began. First Peter chapter two, go there real quickly. You don't have to go very far. First Peter chapter two. First Peter Now see, this all comes back to our identification in Christ Jesus. You can't, you can't take these scriptures that I'm reading you now and, and put it through a filter of who you think you are in your natural mind. You can't take these scriptures I'm telling you and put it through a filter of what you've been through in your experiences or what somebody's told you or what the world's saying about you, amen, or about your past mistakes and failures. You've got to filter it through what? Through the finished work of Christ and who he made you in Christ Jesus, that you're holy. You're without blame. See, some of you hadn't really said that yet about yourself. You need to say that every day, that I'm holy and I'm without blame. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the more you say it, the more you believe it. Do you know you say, you, you believe what you say more than anybody, right. than more than any, what anybody else says. So you need to hear yourself say that, that I'm holy and I'm without blame, that he made me righteous. Amen. Amen. That I'm faultless. Amen. 
And that'd make some religious people just pass out. I mean, I'd go in some church and say that this morning, there'd be an old lady in the back row that'd fall over back. You hear something fall back to you, you go, what was that? And she just passed out. Why? Because she's so religious. But in Christ Jesus, we've been made faultless. He don't even remember. You try to bring it up, he said, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's right. You missed it when? I don't, I don't remember you missing it. That's right. So we've been made faultless. Amen. So when you have that consciousness on the inside of you, then you can boldly go and you can take the gospel to somebody that's hurting. Amen. You can go into a dark situation with confidence, not in who you are. Say it said you're not called according to your own works, but according to his purpose and his grace. So that means you've got his ability and his anointing. You're carrying his peace and his joy and his love on the inside of you. You're containers of the glory. Amen. So when you go into that situation, God just got on that situation. Amen. Amen. God just walked into the room. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Why? Because you're the body of Christ and he loved you and he gave you, he gave you that commission. He entrusted that to you and to I, to, to me, he entrusted it to me. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Now let's read this one. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Glory to God. Amplify says, but you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased. Think about that. You're God's own purchased special people. That you may set forth the wonderful deeds and man, I'm telling you what, this shot ground right here. Why did he do this? That you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display. So he wants you to be on display. <laughs> He wants you to display the virtues and the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Glory to God. I put in my notes here that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's why he's done this so that we can proclaim who he is. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So if you ask yourself, oh, I need, you know, I'm not qualified. I haven't been to Bible school. I haven't been ordained. I haven't been licensed. You know, I hadn't been through certain things. I don't know if I could do these things. No, Jesus Christ himself, through his finished work of what he's done, he's qualified you. Right. Amen. He's ordained you. He's called you. He called you with a holy calling before the earth even began. He's called you out of darkness until his gl- glorious and marvelous light. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen people. You've been chosen by Jesus. Amen. Amen. So everywhere that you go is a mission field. Glory to God. Right. Everywhere that you go is a mission field. And you have lives to touch, people to change. I heard T.L. Osborne say this one time. He said, when I come in contact with people, their destiny just changed. Amen. When I saw that man for the first time, he stood up and he walked across the stage at Raymond. I thought, man, is this, is he the king of England or something? You know, I didn't know who this was. Because when he walked, he walked just like this. He's walking, I mean, you're talking about straight and erect. And he walked, he wasn't doing it because he thought he was something in himself. He'll tell you himself, he said he was just an old farm boy from Oklahoma. But he knew who his Jesus was and he knew who Jesus was on the inside of him. And he had, had, a, he had taken time to, to renew his mind to the fact where it was more real about who he was in Christ than his own physical body mm-hmm. at times. And that's what he had to walk in. Amen. Amen. And, <laughs> and he said that one time. He, he said, when I come in contact with people, their destinies change because I contact them. Now, you had to understand why he's saying that. He's not saying because of how good he is. He's talking about because of the Jesus on the inside of him. Amen. So you have to realize that when you're in a situation, I know you can't change everybody and change everything. Do you know they have to be hungry? Amen. Do you know they have to, they they, they have to be looking for something? Amen. But you have influence. Every one of us here has influence. 
We have, a, we have a sphere of influence that we can change and touch and people that we know and people we come in contact with. But when I was, I was meditating on this, the Holy Spirit corrected me and he said, he said I have a greater uh, sphere of influence than what you have. He said, I have influence with everybody. <laughs> he said, I have influence with everybody. Now they have to be open. It doesn't mean he can just force his will on people because he has influence. But if they're open, then the Holy Spirit knows how and what to say and what to do about each and every person. How to reach that person. Amen. Amen. He can give you a word just like this about a, a person. Right. And they're like, how'd you know that? What do you think Jesus did with the woman at the well? She instantly became an evangelist. Yeah. I'm talking about a woman who had five husbands. I almost said five wives, but <laughs> if it's this day and age, you, may, you never know. <laughs> she had five husbands and, and she said, I perceive that you're a prophet. You know, she instantly became an evangelist from the lifestyle she was living. She instantly went out and started telling people, said, look, you got to come see this man. He's told me he, he's told me everything I've ever done, everything he knows about me. And he said, he, he's got to be the, the son of God. Come see, come, come, come here, come listen. And they came. And it, the Bible says their lives were changed. Now, you need to go back and read that. I believe it's in John chapter four. Go back and read that and you'll see that it says that their lives were changed because of what the Samaritan woman said. Because of what a Samaritan woman told them. Right. We always want to look at it. it, was, and it, it was ultimately Jesus, but what changed their life and what brought them to Jesus was what the Samaritan woman said. And it was the same day that, that she, she met Jesus. Right. And he asked her to, to give him some water. She said, you know, first, I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. And not only that, uh, you, you know, why are you talking to me? I'm a, I'm a lady. And then he told her some things about herself. And, and then, you know, he talked to her about the living water, said, it, 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 I have water that you don't know of, but if you drink of this water that I have, you'll never thirst again. Amen. And she was so <laughs> taken by Jesus' fact, the one that he loved her enough to talk to her. See, he showed compassion. He was moved with compassion upon her. And then, two, that, that, that he knew what he knew about her. But then about this living water, she was thirsty. And it wasn't water that we could drink, but it was, it, it was life. It was the life of God. Amen. And then she went out and instantly became an evangelist. You see what I'm saying? She went and told, I don't know who she went back to <laughs> initially, but she went back to people she knew. She went to the city and people came and it said their lives were changed because of the words that she said. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. See, glory to God. So if God can use a Samaritan woman that had five husbands in the same day to reach people, he can use us. Why? Because we're under a different covenant. Glory to God. We have, we're not just someone that, that knew about Jesus that talk to Jesus, that sat with Jesus, but Jesus lives on inside of us today. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 The very life of God himself is on the inside of you. Amen. amen. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. How many of you believe that today? Yeah. See, we don't really believe it. I'm not being ugly, and, I, and I have to, I'm not saying it because I'm at the pulpit. I have to remind myself about it. But see, it's something that every day that we need to stir ourselves up to the fact and renew this noggin up here to the fact that, that, that we are containers of the glory, that the life of God lives on inside of us, that Jesus himself, that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. That God dwells on inside of us in an earth suit, that we have a treasure hidden in this earthen vessel. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And see, it'll change the way we face the world. It'll change the way we touch people. Glory to God. So T.L. said that, he said, I change destinies when I come in contact with people. Glory to God. But do we believe that about ourselves? There's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Amen. Glory to God. We can't live a life that's condemned and touch people's lives. We're going to close right here with John chapter 8. 
Amen. John chapter 8. Actually, let's not go there. Go to Matthew 9. Let's close with that. Matthew chapter 9. John chapter 8. You can go back and read it. A lot of you know what it is about the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. What did Jesus do? Jesus set her free. He didn't condemn her. See, they wanted, the Pharisees wanted to catch him and, and said, then the law says this woman ought to be stoned, but what do you say? And he paused for a minute. You know what he told him? He said, well, the one of you is without sin. Let him cast the first stone. Amen. And then he told the woman, all the <coughs> accusers left. And then she asked him a question, you know, and he said, he said, where are your accusers? And she said, well, there are none, Lord. And he said, neither do I accuse you. But then he did this. Now, I want you to get off. We don't have much time. I know we're, we're getting ready to close. I'm trying to get this point into you so you understand that what we're carrying on inside of us. We have the ability because of Jesus living on the inside of us. It's, it's not the ability in your flesh. It's the ability of the God on the inside of you. Amen. But you're the vessel. Yes. You're the tool to set people free. You have the power and ability on the inside of you to set people free from their sins. Did you hear what I said? It's not your ability forgiving them. It's the God on the inside of you. It's what Jesus has done and his completed work inside of you. But you're the vessel and the tool to speak the words of authority to set people free from sin. Amen. 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 And that's what Jesus did here. He told her, he said, where are your accusers? She said, there are none. He said, neither do I accuse you. Now, in these words that Jesus spoke, he said, now go and sin no more. Now, do you think she ever made another mistake? Do you think she ever sinned somewhere along the way? Sure she did. She's human. But what he did is he gave her the ability. He set her free from the power yep. and the dominion of sin. Yeah. And you've got that ability. Do you see that? You've got that ability. Not, not in, you understand what I'm saying? Not in the flesh, but in who Jesus is on the inside of you because you're a vessel and an instrument. Because you're the body of Christ. You have that ability. You have the ability to go in and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of what he's done, what he's accomplished on the cross. And in the middle of their sin that they're bound up in, you have the ability to set that person free. And, and then through that, they can walk free from it. And, and God, through Jesus, gives them the ability to walk free, free from that sin right. and, that, and that bondage. Amen. Amen. He told her to go and sin no more. So he not only forgave her, but he gave their ability to, to stay free. That's right. Amen. Amen. To stay free. Amen. And you have the same ability. Glory to God. as an ambassador in this earth. You're an ambassador. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ambassador for Christ. Now, how do you see people today? And we all have to ask ourselves that question. How do we see people? Sometimes we get so consumed with life and things that happen, and we've all been through things. We all have stories, and, you know, you can go into church today somewhere, and they're probably playing that old game, you know, top that terrible testimony. <laughs> and they want to tell about what this and that and all that's happening. We all have stories. Amen? And we all go through things at times. But the, the, the good news is this, is that we have to identify with who he is and wh how do we see people? What, 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 what I was leading to with that is this, is, is do, we even, do we even take the time to see people at times? You see, you see what I'm saying? Are we so consumed with things that's happening and going on in our own life that we don't even see a person that's hurting? Are we so consumed and dealing with things that we're dealing with and going through and we're so focused? See, that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to keep our focus away from the plan of God and keep it focused on Something that's right in front of us that looks so big and, and, and instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus and his plan and his purpose. Amen. Amen. So we've got to take our eyes off of self and get it over on him. But then, but then when we do see people, how, how do we see those people? Do we see those people as no good people? Do we see them as unthankful people? And so you have to be very careful about this. 
You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when I've been with Michelle, ministering to the homeless, I've had people, I had a man one day tell me, I've been there cooking hamburgers for hours. I'm talking about the skin on my knuckles melted down to gloves. I had about three pairs of plastic gloves on, all three of them melted together. The hair on my knuckles melted into the plastic when I took them off. Sweat, so much smoke in my eyeballs, I couldn't see for about three days. Jeff was helpless. And, uh, and then he comes up here and telling me that this food is trash. He said, you need to take this food and throw it in the trash. He said, I can get better food than this right over there in this dumpster. You know, so what you going to do then when your knuckles are melted down? <laughs> and, you, and I'm talking about so much sweat and heat from that grill, flames flying up, you know, and you try to jump back like this with a spatula that long, you know, and doing it for hours. Cook, how many hamburgers that day? It was three? It was about 300 hamburger patties. Oh, yeah, God multiplied that. We didn't even have that many to start with. So, but I mean, he had the, the nerve to tell us it was trash. So see, how do you see people? Do you realize that, that because what we were doing, he may be saying, probably, I, I believe it's the devil talking through him. I don't know about you, but I just, I just chalk it up as the devil. <laughs> and he's defeated anyway, but it didn't bother me. Sure, did my flesh have some feelings there when my knuckle hair was melted down? Yeah, I had a couple of feelings. But I chose not to identify with those feelings. Amen. And realize that we're sowing a seed and we're showing the light of the gospel to him in a place where he needs it. That's right. Amen. So many people there. Just the last time I went, they was out of jail. One man didn't have anything but a T-shirt on his back and an orange jumpsuit. That's all he owned. Yeah. And uh, see, those people need Jesus. And we're containers of that glory. We're the containers and have the power to set them free. But if we don't go and take it, and it's not just the people in Lynn Park, it's the people that live in your neighborhood. Yeah. It's the people that you work with. Amen. So how do we see them? Do we see unthankful? Sorry. Do we see people as this? Do we say this to ourselves? Oh, you just deserve what you've got. We have to be careful about that. We see them and say, well, they just deserve what they got because of the way they live and what they've done. They deserve that. Did God do that to us? Did we, did we get what we deserve? No. Or do we see precious fruit? Amen. I know I had you turn to Matthew chapter 9, but I'm just going to quote briefly here. But it says, Jesus was moved with compassion. See, it's one thing just to know about it and hear about it. And I can preach and say and do, and you can watch videos and things. Pastor can encourage us to reach the lost and things. We can hear about it, but we have to be moved. See, Jesus, did, he, he looked out among the people and he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd. And it hurt his, it hurt his heart. He was moved with compassion and he did something about it. Amen. He was moved with compassion. So when we see people... We have to be careful not to identify with the flesh. You know, the Word of God tells you not to know any man according to the flesh. Because the flesh may have done all kinds of crazy things. The flesh might have missed it. The flesh might have hurt people, said hurtful things, done wrong things. But that person that God created is just as valuable as you are, just as valuable as I am. God created them just like he created us. The only difference is we're walking in the light of the gospel and they may not be. Amen. But it's our job to bring them to reconcile them, to bridge that gap, to be the connection. Amen. Amen. To get them set free. And when they do, who, who knows? That very man that told me that that food was trash, who knows? He may be like the woman at the well that went, you know, later in his life or the people that you minister to and the team that goes down there, they may be ones that go out and tell others, tell them, you know, tell everybody, come, hey, we, we've, been, we've been set free. Amen. Amen. See, and we've been given that responsibility. Amen. Glory to God. And on top of that, in my third and final closing, there's no greater life than to live 
that being, being used by God. You say, well, I'm not called to the fivefold. I'm not talking about the fivefold ministry. What I'm talking about is, is you as a son or a daughter of God, every day that you live, that you're the representation of Christ upon this earth. You've been called. We just read the scripture. You've been called, anointed, appointed, called before the foundation of the earth, qualified, made meet to be partakers. Amen. So you don't need an approval by anybody. He's approved you. And there's no greater life, no more exciting life to live than to lead someone into the light of, of the kingdom. Amen. You talking about being excited. You couldn't stretch a joint from here to Jimison. And I don't care how long you get from here to China with it. wouldn't tempt me to do anything that to, to be in part, being used by God. Any drug, any, anything on this earth, there's nothing that can compare to being used by God. Amen. I mean, do you hear me today? Do you hear me today? So there's no person. You'll never find happiness in a person. You'll never find happiness in money. You'll never find happiness in any other material possession, any other thing in this earth. But when you begin to be used by Jesus, amen. And you look to him for fulfillment. And every day that you walk, you listen to the Holy Ghost and you're, and, and you're, you're obedient. You listen, you get direction. And then you obey that direction. Then you'll begin to see that the purpose that your life has is beyond what you can ever imagine. Amen. Ephesians tells us that. Amen. amen. Above and beyond anything that you could even know or imagine. That's how valuable you are to Christ. Yes. And that's how much he's counting on us. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray before we dismiss. Father, we thank you today for your love, your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us with a holy calling. We thank you that Jesus gave everything for us. That you didn't send Jesus to this earth to condemn us, to put us down in our sin, but you came and sent him to lift us up, to raise us up, to make us brand new as if we've never missed it, as if we've never done wrong, that you made a brand new creation. And then you gave unto us the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of bringing people back into unity, into oneness with you. Glory to God. And Father, I thank you that, that we began to see that and know that and understand that and have a greater revelation of what you call us to do, Father God. That you've given unto us that ministry of reconciliation, Father. That you've counted on us as the body of Christ. I pray, Father God, that each and every one here under the sound of my voice begins to see and know and to realize on a greater level of how important they are to you. Of how special they are to you. And not only that, but how much that you're counting on them as a body of Christ in the earth today. To bring others, to snatch people out of the very throngs of hell to bring them into the glorious light of the gospel. Father, we praise you for that. We thank you so much for the joy that you've given us in our hearts, for the salvation that you've given us, Father, that you've called us sons and daughters today. We give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, thank you today for listening to the trip, being able to see what happened there and know that you're a part. And uh, is there any, we done? You finished? Amen. Well, glory to God. Well, we call you blessed. Amen. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Amen. You're dismissed. This